we were having some troubles with a crediting agency, and one of them was over the issue of planning. And so I called the president of Stanford University, uh, uh, Tom Courts, who uh, happened to be also chair of the board of the of the crediting agency. And I said, Tom, I'm, I'm, I'm new in the South. I've never been to this crediting agency before. I'm having trouble with this. Could you give me some guidance? He said, I'll do more than that. I'll come over and see you. He came over and spent a day with me, brought his vice president for planning. And in my conference room, after we looked at a lot of stuff, he said to me, he said, you know, I don't think there's one thing of significance that's happened to my university that we ever planned. It just came by God opening doors. And it just turned on the light bulb for me. And at that point, I started working toward this idea of letting go of planning. And then the book really tells the story of how we do it and substitutes a model for what you do instead of planning. Because you can't just take out the void and say, well, we'll just sit around and wait. Right. You've got to do something. You've right? got to do something. something. And as a leader, you're expected to do something. And that's part of the problem. Welcome, my friend. This is the weekend edition of the Coaching for Pastors podcast. Hey, Pastor, welcome to weekend edition, episode number 36. So good to have you with me today. Hey, you could be doing a lot of things this weekend, but you're listening. Hopefully you're doing something else while you listen. I always enjoy that a whole lot more. Uh, but thank you. Thank you for joining me. It's an honor, and I appreciate it. And today, we've got a guy named Roger Parrott, who I'm going to share a portion of my conversation that I had with him this past week. I'm only going to share seven minutes of a 50-minute conversation. The rest of it is going to come out on episode 412 of the 200 Churches podcast on uh, January 18th, Wednesday the 18th. But I wanted to share a little bit of it with you today and just kind of take a little time to unpack some of it with you today because we are in the month of January and we are in a month that typically lends itself to planning for the year. We start thinking about goals in you know, 12 months of the year and we start thinking about planning, long-range planning and some short-range planning as well, especially if we you know divvy the uh, year up into either 12 months or four quarters. And in the context of planning, Roger has written this book called Opportunity Leadership, Stop Planning and Start Getting Results. The minute I saw it go across my screen uh, some number of months ago, I saw the title Opportunity Leadership and the, I immediately thought, I've never heard that put like that before. I've never heard opportunity connected with leadership. It just, it struck me as different, but it also struck me so quickly because it's kind of the way I think of leadership. It's kind of how I do leadership and have long done leadership, but just thought it was pretty much because that's my personality or it's just the way that I'm wired. So when I saw the title, I thought, oh man, I got to try and get a hold of this guy. I got to try to talk to this guy. Because I want to, I want to pick this apart, and I want to read the book, and I want to understand this, because I've been accused in the past of being an opportunist, somebody who takes advantage. And it wasn't a dig; it was actually a compliment. Somebody told me, "Well, you're you're an opportunist. You 
They saw that I would take advantage of opportunities. You know, it's kind of the lazy man's way to move forward, right? You see somebody else doing something, or you see a, a potential partnership, an opportunity right in front of you, and you just grab it. You seize it. It's like the wave, right? You just jump on the surfboard and just ride that wave. To me, that's opportunity leadership. So I had a great conversation with Roger, and before I play this, you need to know that Roger is the president of a university. It's Belhaven University in Jackson, Mississippi, one of those beautiful, stately Southern universities. It's got that Southern class and Southern charm. And if you see it on the website, you just can see the beautiful campus. And Roger has a, a five-part kind of a welcome video series for new college parents and new college students to help them to understand the real cost of a college education. I watched all five episodes of this five-part video series, and they're, they're just about five minutes each, so it's probably like 25 minutes altogether. I watched them at 1.75 speed, and it worked out just fine. But it was it's such a good example of what we could do with video as pastors and what we could do with me, with media in a in a pretty simple way and he does it in a very simple but a very classy and a very effective way and uh, Roger again he's a university president he's dressed in a nice suit and tie the guy's even got cufflinks on the end of his shirt so it's um you know it's it's a white collar situation and it's an executive level person that's running the organization. And so just a little bit different than some of the guests that I've had on my podcast in the past, but very interesting. So with that as a backdrop, here's just a seven minute clip of my conversation with Roger Parrott. This is really interesting to me. I don't, I don't remember ever seeing a book that approached planning like this, but as soon as I saw your your title and read a little bit about your book, I said, this is kind of what I've felt. And I always just assumed it was my personality. It was the way I was wired and that other people are wired differently. And so I'm curious, how many books have you written and, and how long have you been thinking about actually taking these ideas and this philosophy and putting it down on paper and actually yeah. putting yeah. this book together? How long was that book in the making in your mind? Well, first of all, it's encouraging that that your response was that because that's what I'm hearing from lots of people. Mm -hmm. I had one college president call me about a month after the book came out. He said, I, I stayed up all night reading your book, and finally <laughs> I don't feel guilty. This is yeah. what I do, but I always felt guilty I needed to do it a different way. Yeah, and and that. the book's kind of radical. I mean, you know, if somebody gets it and reads it, it it's kind of radical. And, and you don't have to jump off the cliff and do the whole thing. You can do pieces of it. The book for me really came, it's, it's almost been 25 years probably in the making, because you're right, nobody else has written on this. And nobody else has really done it this way, especially at a university level. So, hmm. you know, I mean, I, that's my day job. I got to run a university. I got to you know, it was a multi-million dollar operation, pretty big operation with 400, 500 employees and all that goes with that. And I can't risk any of that. But we moved out of planning exactly 20 years ago. Now, for my previous 20 years before that in higher ed, I was a 
diligent traditional planner. I did the long range plan. I appointed the blue ribbon committee. I sent them off to work for a year and a half and come back with the plans. And here's the five, six, 10 goals we're going to do and all that stuff. I did all that. And what I found was it doesn't work. It doesn't work. It's not affected. And it really changed for me one day when, when we were shortly after I came to Bellhaven, we were having some troubles with a crediting agency, and one of them was over the issue of planning. And so I called the president of Stanford University, uh, uh, Tom Courts, who uh, happened to be also chair of the board of the of the crediting agency. And I said, Tom, I'm, I'm, I'm new in the South. I've never been to this crediting agency before. I'm having trouble with this. Could you give me some guidance? He said, I'll do more than that. I'll come over and see you. He came over and spent a day with me, brought his vice president for planning, And in my conference room, after we looked at a lot of stuff, he said to me, he said, you know, I don't think there's one thing of significance that's happened to my university that we ever planned. It just came by God opening doors. And it just turned on the light bulb for me. And at that point, I started working toward this idea of letting go of planning. And then the book really tells the story of how we do it and substitutes a model for what you do instead of planning, because you can't just take out the void and say, well, we'll just sit around and wait. Right. You got to do something. You got to do something. Something. And as a leader, you're expected to do something. And that's part of the problem. Leaders and pastors are under tremendous pressure to produce these plans because the consultants say you need them, or you got people on your, on your board or your session who, who they do planning at work. And so they want to see that and that kind of thing. They have to buy into a new model as well. And it can be done. And when you do it, it's the single best decision I've ever made in my professional life in ministry Hmm. was to let go of planning. I live with a freedom. I don't feel under pressure. I'm not worried about hitting a goal. I'm just absorbing the opportunities God brings. And when you create a culture that allows for that, we get so many more opportunities than we could ever do. And um, it just is a wonderful freedom. And and that's what I worry about for pastors. I think a lot of pastors live under a lot of imposed pressure to try to become something you're not. And just let go of that in projecting what that's going to be and instead let God lead you into what that's going to be. I just really am sold on this idea of of there's a better way. Now, Now, be real clear. I do operational planning. So we know we're going to teach English and play football and, and uh, you know, have a dance program and feed students the dining commons. We plan that very carefully. We, we plan what we know God's going to do. What we don't plan is where God's going to take us in future destinations. So if you come to our website, there is no five or 10 year plan for Bellhaven University. It doesn't exist and it won't ever exist because we have bought in and understand this enormous value in letting go of planning. And the book demonstrates how it can work. But back to your original question, I did not plan to write the book (laughs) (laughs) at all. It was not in my plan. I wrote another book. It's called The Longview Lasting Strategies for Rising Leaders. It's much more about kind of the, the operation of leadership, hiring and firing and evaluation and these kinds of things. There is one chapter in there in planning that's kind of the tip of the iceberg of what this book 
book became, but but I, I I speak in chapel every week, except we had a guest speaker one week and the provost had invited her. I didn't know her, but we were doing a thing on mental health and he invited her and she came to speak on mental health. So she spoke and between, we had two chapels that were like a big church and we can't fit everybody in at once. So between chapels were in the, in the green room sitting around and, and, and I found out she was a book acquisition editor for Moody. And um, I said, oh, you know, and, and so she was nice and said, you know, well, would you like to write a book? And I said, no, nah, no, nah, I've done that. I have no desire. I don't want to do that again. It's, it's, I've said everything I've got to say. And <laughs> she was pretty, uh, she was pretty sly. She said, well, if you wrote a book, what would you write about? Well, I just took off on this whole idea of what became opportunity leadership. It wasn't mm. defined at that point in that term. But, and, and the planning, I mean, we're walking on stage and I'm still, you know, um, waxing eloquent uh, to her about this whole idea. And she followed up. And so that's where the book came from. And then COVID hit. And when COVID hit, I was home for a year. Uh, I didn't come to the office. Uh, so I had time to write the book that I wouldn't have had otherwise. So it was Isn't an opportunity, book was an opportunity yeah. to talk about opportunity leadership. So if that whetted your appetite at all about, about listening to the rest of that conversation, Again, it's going to come out in episode 412 of the 200 Churches podcast on Wednesday, January the 18th. But here's what I'd encourage you to do, Pastor. Um, you know, you, you could listen to that. That's fine. But I would get the book. Get the Opportunity Leadership book. It's cheap. It's paperback. It's it's not any big deal. And take a look at that because you're probably going to have people in your church that would encourage you to start some planning for this year regarding your church ministry. And maybe you now have an opportunity to change things up a little bit and to do things a little different. And one of the things that he says to me in the larger conversation, I ask him, how do you determine an opportunity from a distraction? And he said, well, there's three things. There's mission, there's gifting, and there's capacity. And I immediately understood what he meant because uh, four years ago, we set our mission as a church, and that mission also had a vision. This is how, this was our vision for accomplishing the mission. And we run all opportunities through that grid. And we say, if, if it really doesn't align with what we understand our vision to be, to accomplish our mission in our community, then we're probably not going to go for it. And it helps me too when I see opportunities to say, does this fit our vision or doesn't it? So he said that, you know, you, you look for opportunities that align with your mission and vision, that align with your gifting, that align with your capacity as, as a church or if, you know, as a leader, if you're looking at it from a personal standpoint. And uh, really helpful, really helpful stuff. So I would encourage you to go ahead and get that book, Opportunity Leadership, Stop Planning, and Start Getting Results. And I hope you do listen to the rest of the interview on, on Wednesday the 18th, because he does share some, uh, some information there that's, that's really interesting. And again, I think a lot of you will be nodding your heads and saying, okay, that makes sense. And okay, that aligns with a lot of my experience. And it might give you, like it gave that one college president who read his book, a little less guilt, maybe no guilt at all. The opportunity to walk away from feeling guilty for not planning 
but giving giving you a vision to say, okay, this is how we can move forward because ultimately you're trusting God to move your church forward. You're, you're trusting God to move your mission and your vision and your whole ministry forward as God, the Holy Spirit, begins to work and weave his will into the life of your church. Pastor, thanks for stopping by today and for listening. Uh, I hope that there was something that you picked up from this. On whatever app you listened to this episode on, you can go to the episode notes and you'll see some links there. And there'll be links to some of the stuff I've referenced that Roger has done at Belhaven University. Hey, I hope you have a great weekend. God bless you for what you do, for your leadership, for your shepherding, for your love, for your people. And may God bless you as you lead and as you look for opportunities, things that God is already doing that you can join with him in and partner with him to move the mission of reaching lost people further down the field in your community. God bless you, Pastor. I love you for what you're doing. Thank you for doing it. And I will catch up with you on Monday on the Coaching for Pastors podcast. Mm -hmm.